will fall! All we have to do is stop a god. Defeat the most powerful beings on Earth. And save the world. Let's go to war. Good luck. Magneto, you know him? He's my father. What? Him and my mom, they do. No, I know. Hello, greetings, folks. This is Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. Today is May 30th, 2016. This will be podcast 589. It's a day late, but it's Memorial Day weekend here in the States, in the U.S., so I have Monday off of work, and I've been doing a lot of extra things around the house, so... It kind of pushed this off for a day and recording on a Monday a little later in the day, too. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, we're going to look at uh, TOS episodes. It's going to be kind of a classic style show. We're going to look at uh, a second season TOS episode, which, again, yes, I think I had covered, but I don't think so. I really... I looked deeply in my archives, and I don't think I covered this one. So I'm going to look at the Omega Glory. Uh, This is a second season episode. It's got an interesting history behind it. And also, it's sort of appropriate for uh, Memorial Day weekend in a way. Uh, But uh, yeah, we're going to look at that episode from TOS late in the second season is when that one first aired. And talk about a few other things. Talk a little bit about uh, what I just played for you, X-Men Apocalypse the latest X-Men movie directed by Brian Singer and just came out a few days ago. I went and saw it and I'll give you my spoiler free review, brief review about that here on Treks in Sci-Fi. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are the men in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the futus of war. Resistance is futile. Drink flows from the force, but beware of the dark side. Iron oh, Man, that's kind of catchy. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate. It's a gold titanium alloy. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is a uh, reach call. You're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. Okay, I'm back. I uh, hope you uh, enjoy, the again, the opening X-Men Apocalypse TV spot that I played. This is the latest in this. Uh, well, we've had three of them so far in this sort of new wave uh, of the showing the younger X-Men uh, going beyond the the original trilogy that was done. And, you know, I was a, I, I'm a big, big X-Men fan, a big comic book fan in general, but X-Men between uh, Marvel's uh, characters, the funny thing about uh, all the Marvel movies that they've done, uh, the the biggest things I'm fan of are, are actually not done by Marvel. Uh, they're the in in terms of the comic books, I mean, uh, I love the Marvel movies. The latest Captain America movie was fantastic, but I'm a big X-Men fan. I, it's one of the first comics that I ever really got into heavily, along with Spider-Man. Basically, X-Men and Spider-Man were, were some of the uh, first comics that I read, first ones I really got uh, hooked on, and uh, the, they've always been something that I've they've read and, and really been interested in. Although both have had their ups and downs in recent years, I, I've not been a big fan of what Marvel's been doing with these characters that much in the past few years. But suffice that to be said, they are still some of my favorites by far in comic book, uh, in the you know comic book world, comic book universe, uh, much more so than even uh, a lot of other comic book characters out there. So. Uh, to to I, and I and I've really enjoyed the movies for the most part. The third of the original uh, X Men films was, was 
not great at all. I mean, directed by what was his name? Brett Ratner. Is it <laughs> he just that movie is not good. The first two X-Men great movies. I, I really enjoy both of those. And I've enjoyed both of them in this series so far, this, this more recent C- series. The last one, of course, Days of Future Past, Days of Future Past, which sort of retold that that uh, classic comic book story. Uh, involving the future and Sentinels and going back in time. I mean, they changed quite a bit, but that was a great movie. I really liked that movie a lot. And so I saw X-Men Apocalypse the other night. Um, I'll have to say I enjoyed this, but I I think it's kind of the weakest of these three. I I think there's some character stuff lacking a little bit. Uh, I'm I'm not going to down it too much. I still think it's a good time at the movies and well worth seeing if you're a fan of comic book films, X-Men, and so forth. But I I, I think there's just... this is the problem that you get into when you have a villain that's as big as Apocalypse. It, it's it's very difficult. It's, it's very hard to handle that and, and still bring it kind of down to earth, so to speak. But um, but yeah, I, I, I do like a lot of the things in here. Of course, I like the uh, the actors that they bring back, uh, especially, you know, Michael Fassenbender. Is that how you say his name again? Fassenbender? Fassbender? Uh, he still is is really excellent as, as Magneto as Eric, and and he he has a lot going on in this movie, and I think it's well done, uh, very well portrayed. I think he does a great job, and uh, so does James McAvoy again as Charles Xavier and the other supporting Jennifer Lawrence is in this a lot as Mystique again, of course, uh, or Raven as they call her. Do they ever call her Mystique? I guess they do. Yeah. Anyway, um, and then you have some new, uh, the, the new bad guys. I, I don't think they spend enough time with, well, Apocalypse, of course, you see, but I, I think some of the other characters that they've been showing a lot in the trailers, they don't, they don't use them enough and show them enough, really. But uh, again, I, I enjoyed it. I, I think it's, a, it's still worth seeing X-Men films if you like them, but I, I don't think it's as strong as the last two movies, uh, and and I think they uh, they missed some things here. Maybe the extended edition will be a little bit more interesting and impressive. Of course, Quicksilver is back, who was in the last one, and he he's he's amazing. He's excellent. There's a lot of stuff they can do with that character and humor and and fun things. And there's some serious stuff that's going on in this movie too. So I think actually they use Quicksilver much better in these X Men movies than they did in the Avengers films. Or the Avenger film, I should say. He was only in, what, Age of Ultron, right? Basically, I think he had a cameo in something else, right? Or a, a post credit scene. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, go check it out. Uh, I, I think, you know, one of the difficulties with this film to me is coming only, what, three or four weeks, whatever it's been, since Captain America came out. And that, that movie was just so great and fantastic. This is having a hard, you know, a little bit of a hard reach to to live up to that. But uh, but yeah, I would love, you know, one of the difficulties also is that these X-Men films are, are in a separate sort of world and universe now versus the Marvel universe of films. You know, they're done, done by different studios. So you, you can never have the two kind of overlap very much. You know, they just managed to get Spider-Man back into the Marvel fold recently. Uh, and they're going to do a Spider-Man new film as well, full film. So uh, the X-Men, you know, can't really appear in the Avengers movies or in any of the other movies like Iron Man or Captain America or whatever. But uh, maybe at one point that'll happen. They'll be able to do that. I, I, I sure wouldn't put it past them. Hey, you know, all it takes is basically a bunch of guys in suits to sit down at a table and sign a deal, sign some kind of contract. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I, I, again, still a fun movie. I love comics. I love the X-Men. So, uh, I'll eat this stuff up at any, any time, but, uh, definitely probably not as strong as the other ones in the, in the series. All right. Uh, well, so let's see, really kind of winding down the television season. I, I've, uh, I was a little disappointed uh, that new series that I really enjoyed, Limitless, is not going to come back next year, I just heard. Although it was very um, lucky and fortunate that Supergirl, which I also enjoyed, both those two shows, two new shows, were probably my favorites of the new shows this past year. Supergirl, uh, CBS dropped it, but it got picked up by the CW, which is owned by CBS. So now all of the comic book shows, the biggies, 
I guess most of them, uh, or if not all of them, Flash, uh, we have, well, there's Gotham on, on uh, Fox, but um, we have Flash, Arrow, DC Legends of the Universe, and Supergirl all being on the CW, and they're supposedly going to be doing a four-part crossover, which is going to be crazy. So, uh, but Arrow and Flash finished up for the season. You know, there are some people I read on, some people thinking, uh, reviewers and other people saying the Flash's second season wasn't that great compared to the first. I think it was fine. I I, I got a huge kick out of it. I thought it was great. Uh, the Zoom stuff and all that, I, I think they handled pretty well. Maybe it got drunk, dragged on a little too much. Uh, it, something that, that really impacted the whole season. It was uh, really became uh, almost every episode of focused on it, especially in the last few episodes. So, uh, but um, an arrow finished off uh, with a bang. I think I, I, I love that show still. And uh, uh, Grimm, which isn't a comic show, also ended with a big, a big episode or two-hour season finale. That'll be back actually next year. Most most of these shows all got renewed. There's not really much that got canceled that really bugged me that much. Limitless is probably the biggie that got canceled that that uh, I'm disappointed that that's not going to be back because I really think it was a unique show. I think the characters were were great. The actor playing uh, Brian on the show, uh, I can't remember that guy's name, something Dormer, Jeff, Jack Dormer, J Jeff Dormer, something like that. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, uh, and Jennifer Carpenter uh, was on that show who also used to be on Dexter, who I'm a big fan of her. So I'm really sad that's not going to be back. Maybe someone will pick it up. Maybe it'll show up on Netflix or something. Uh, also, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast before, but I finished season two of Daredevil uh, on Netflix, which uh, which is great. And uh, I'm deep into uh, this season of Game of Thrones. Uh, there's some summer stuff that I'm watching uh, that uh, I'm just trying to keep up on, like 12 Monkeys on the Sci-Fi Channel and, and a couple of other things. So uh, Stitchers also, which is still a fun show. I'm watching as well. So, um, yeah, TV. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention at this point, and then we'll get into the Omega, Omega Glory uh, episode of Star Trek, is I've started the second phase of my little set production or set uh, construction here uh, via uh, the funds that I've gotten from Patreon, patreon.com forward slash treks and sci-fi. If you want to donate to the podcast, help support this project and hosting fees and equipment, you know, everything related to uh, doing video casts and podcasts for you each week. Uh, I started the upper screen portion. There are some pictures up on the Facebook uh, Trucks and Sci-Fi group. Started it yesterday. Got a lot done yesterday, really. I did a little bit more today, uh, kind of taking a break, doing the podcast, then a couple other things. But it's going well. And uh, if you want to see those photos, I put them up the, on the Treks and Sci-Fi Facebook group. Uh, also, they're on the Patreon site as well. Some pictures there, patreon.com forward slash Treks and Sci-Fi is a place, you know, you can just donate a dollar to a month. Uh, you know, whatever whatever you can is, is very much appreciated. Also, uh, one last thing I wanted to mention here related to Star Trek. Well, a couple things. Uh, one is there's a new Star Trek Continues fan film out, uh, which is... Uh, which is really good. I think it has a nice message to it. Just go to Star Trek Continues. I think that's their full URL, StarTrekContinues.com, or just search for Star Trek Continues on YouTube. I Actually, I think they put up their episodes at first on Vimeo, just like I put up videos on Vimeo.com. So you can find them there. Or if you're a Facebook user, you can just search for Star Trek Continues on Facebook and, and check it out. It's, it's you know, these th this team is doing such a great job of continuing the look and the feel and the style of the original series episodes, uh, something we may never see again or, or whatever. Although there, you know, there are all kinds of rumors about what this new Star Trek series is going to entail, you know, what era they're going to be in, what kind of crew, what kind of characters. So we'll see on that. Uh, but, but yeah, so I enjoyed watching that to latest episode from Star Trek continues. There's some, you know, there's been a lot of fan film, brouhaha in recent months you know paramount suing that axe in our production now it looks like they're dropping it which i talked about a little bit last week uh, and and it looks like maybe star trek new voyages or star trek phase two james Colley's uh, fan film production that's been around a long time doing great work it looks like they may be not doing anymore 
really their own choice. You know, they didn't get shut down by Paramount, but I think James Colley is getting kind of fed up with all the all the legalities and difficulties that have been going on, although it looks like Paramount is really trying to finally kind of bury the hatchet and, and, and make some kind of an arrangement with the Axonar people and anybody else who wants to do fan films. It looks like there'll be a way to do them. So we'll see. We'll see how things go. All right, I should get into the Omega Glory right now. So let me play the first clip. I've got about six or seven clips. I'm not doing a full episode play uh, back of this uh, episode, but this is from uh, TOS. This is from season two of the series. It's actually near the end of season two. Uh, and it is uh, the 55th of 80 episodes produced for TOS. It first aired on March 1st, 1968. The remastered version aired on June 30th, 2007 for the first time. Again, this is late in season two called the Omega Glory written by Gene Roddenberry, basically. I'll tell you more about that in a moment. And directed by Vincent McKevity. So um, here you go with the first clip, the opening kind of sequence to uh, the Omega Glory. All decks report ready, sir. Long range sensor scan, Mr. Sulu. It's the USS Exeter, sir. Try to contact her, Lieutenant. Hi, sir. The Exeter. She was patrolling in this area six months ago. I hadn't heard of any trouble. Receiving no response to our signal, sir. The sensors indicate no damage to the vessel, Captain. Let's see. Magnification factor three, Mr. Sulu. Hold our position out here, Mr. Sulu. Lieutenant, I have Mr. Spock, Dr. McCoy, and Lieutenant Galway report to the transporter room. We'll board and investigate. We're locked onto the Exeter's engineering section, Captain. Phasers on heavy stuff. Just the uniforms left. As if they were in them when... Exactly. When... What? Okay, this episode, uh, the Omega Glory uh, of uh, the second season of Star Trek, it's got a really interesting history, I think, a little bit. And uh, we're talking about... Um, it, it's it's a real um, I think it's a good story. It's it's not one of my favorite Star Trek episodes, but I I, I think there's a, some really cool things going on in this one, and I'm a big fan of the ending, especially, which we'll talk about later on. Uh, the a uh, couple things that are really interesting about this. So this is a, a comes from a Gene Roddenberry a story. He had he had the basics of this story that he wanted to do. One of the very interesting things about to me about this episode is. You know, people who know Star Trek, especially the original series, are well aware that there was a pilot created called The Cage with Jeffrey Hunter as the captain of, you know, Captain Pike that was originally rejected by the network. And later a second pilot was made, which is, you know, was very unheard of at the time for television. You know, usually there's a pilot. Here's your shot. If you don't make it, then, you, then, you know, you're gone, you're done. But, you know, the network really wanted to do a space type show. They believed in Roddenberry, so they gave him a shot at another pilot. The interesting thing about the Omega Glory and why this is pertinent to this episode is that there were three other stories uh, or scripts or ideas for episodes to do for that second pilot. One of them was, of course, Where No Man Has Gone Before, which was what the one they, they did film with Gary Mitchell and all that. One was the Omega Glory, and one was Mud's Women. Now, <laughs> most people, most Trek fans would, would pretty much out of those three, the, the biggest probably concept episode, the most interesting, the probably the best episode of those by far is Where No Man Has Gone Before. I'm not sure if that's 
partly due to the fact that it was the second pilot that they did pick? I don't think so. I think you can look past that. But it has a, a very interesting uh, concept to me, that episode of someone who almost gets godlike powers and, and how the Enterprise and crew deals with them and how they react to it as well. And, uh, of course, you've got the wrench friendship between Gary Mitchell and Kirk. Again, a, fan, a really great episode, and it, it's very easy to me to see why this one wasn't picked. The the basics of this episode is, is a parallel uh, planet out there, a parallel Earth in a way that has a similar culture to Earth, uh, but with some interesting differences. And it, it all kind of centers around, you know, two um, warring factions uh, on this planet and, and how they deal with each other and how uh, one starship captain kind of messes things up, um, Captain Ron Tracy. But the first thing that happens is they discover the Exeter, this other starship in orbit, and uh, there's uh, a group of them, four of them, beam over to that ship. Uh, it's Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and, and another uh, a red shirt guy, Galloway, 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 yeah. Uh, but uh, and they go over to that ship and they realize that uh, well, they listen to this uh, next clip that I'm going to play for you that uh, tells them there's a, some kind of a disease that the that was brought back to the ship from the planet and it, it, it nearly or basically wipes out all the people on the Exeter except for uh, good old Captain Tracy who who stayed behind who stayed behind on the planet but here is a uh, medical officer I think it's the chief medical officer's log of the Exeter that they find this log entry and play it which they're fortunate to play before they beam back to the Enterprise so they play this, and it's one of the few times you see another um, chief medical officer's log from another starship that they run into. Uh, you know, the, the Enterprise during the original series runs into a, a, you know, a handful of other starships out there, and most of them have been either destroyed or the crew's all dead. Uh, it's it's one of the main reasons why the Enterprise is one of the very few starships that that actually completed its five year mission. Uh, that you know, so many of the other ships just didn't make it. So, uh, but uh, I probably should give you maybe. Well, let me play this clip from the the officer, chief medical officer's log of the Exeter, and then I'll come back and give you a little bit more history on the the background of the story and the script for this episode. The analysis of this so far is potassium thirty five percent, carbon eighteen percent, phosphorus one point zero, calcium one point five. Jim, the crew didn't leave. They're still here. What do you mean? These white crystals, that's what's left of the human body when you take the water away, which makes up 96% of our bodies. Without water, we're all just three or four pounds of chemicals. Now, something crystallized them down to this. I have their surgeon's log, Captain. Their last log entry, Captain. On screen. If, if you've come aboard this ship, you're dead, man. Don't go back to your own ship. You have one chance. Get down there. Get down there fast. Captain Tracy. Prepare to beam down to the planet's surface, fast. All right, so there's the log from the chief medical officer uh, of the Exeter. So the history of this story, like I said earlier, was was a, it was a possibility this was going to be a, one of the second pilot episodes. So the the script, the original original script, goes back in time to the early days uh, before any Star Trek really was created, back into 1965, or at least after the uh, first pilot, I should say. Roddenberry took a crack at the script several times. Got uh, most of the people like uh bob justman and, and others you know really did not like it and, and even roddenberry himself 
wasn't probably super happy with the story and the script. He had this idea that of a parallel earth out there where the U.S. and, and communist China were kind of at war with each other. You have the uh, the two warring factions in this episode, the, the Coombs and the, the Yangs uh, going at each other uh, and fighting for, for a long time. The uh, they brought in a couple of uh, other writers when the when the story kind of got or the script got dusted off to be made into an episode for the second season near the end of it. Uh, a husband and wife duo of Les and Tina Pine were brought in to try to fix the Roddenberry's teleplay, and it just didn't still meet the standards of the producers and Roddenberry also. He took it upon himself to to rewrite the script even further. He needed about four or so other drafts, and eventually got to the point where they decided to make it. Uh, one of the difficulties with this episode, or one of the problems, was, was the location stuff, and it, it turned into it made the episode a little bit more expensive than typical. It's not a ship show only, uh, so so they you know this was going to cost them a little bit more to make. I think the episode though the, they do use. Uh, the location well it, it works for the episode there's some great fight scenes in this with Kirk and Kirk and a couple different people uh, Captain Tracy and, and the uh, the you know one of the bad or the the one of the big leader guys of the other group uh, he fights as well and anyway uh, of the Yang so so uh, there are some scenes uh, that uh, made this episode go a little long too. They, they took an extra day to film this episode, but I'm probably getting a little ahead of myself. Let's play probably another clip at this point. Um, since I've covered the story, we did the, uh, the captain, the captain or the, sorry, chief medical officer's log. So uh, the, the landing party beams back, beams down to the planet and they run into, um, the captain of the Exeter, which they were a little surprised to meet up with. They, they meet up with captain Ron Tracy who Kirk Kirk and, um, seems to know a little bit. Uh, you know, I always get this idea that, that at, uh, you know, Federation at Starfleet headquarters or something, uh, not Federation, but Starfleet headquarters that there's this, you know, captain's lounge where all these guys occasionally just meet up and, and, you know, rub shoulders and and talk over their their latest missions and things like that because it seems like all the captains i remember the episode like the ultimate computer uh it's uh, all the all the captains of the ship seem to kind of know each other pretty well or at least enough and, and they can recognize each other and that uh and, and that makes sense it's not a huge group of ships and it's not a huge amount of captains out there of those starships at this point in time so it would make sense that they would know each other. I think. I, I think that's even true of modern uh, naval, uh, you know, ships and and that. So, uh, but uh, when they go down the planet, they get a little bit of a surprise and see uh, Captain Tracy there. With the Axawali Yang. That's Ron Tracy. Ron, I knew someone would come looking for us. I'm just sorry it had to be you, Jim. I'm glad your arrival stopped this. No more of this, Wu. Lock up the savages. They carry fireboxes. I said lock up the savages. Like a hoy! The prisoners are called Yangs. Impossible even to communicate with. Hordes of them out there. They'll attack anything that moves. Interesting that the villagers know about phasers. You were left alone down here, Ron. What happened? Our metascanners reveal this planet is perfectly harmless. The villagers, the cones here, were friendly enough once they got over the shock of my white skin. As you've seen, we resemble the Yangs, the savages. My landing party transported back to the ship. I stayed down here to arrange for the planet survey with the village elders. The next thing I knew, the ship was calling me. The landing party had taken an unknown disease back. My crew, Jim. My entire crew gone. Yes, I know we saw it. And I'm just as infected as they were. As you are. But I stayed alive because I stayed down here. 
there's some natural immunization that protects everyone on the planet's surface. I don't know what it is. Lucky we found that log report. If we'd gone back to the Enterprise... You'd be dying by now, along with the rest of the Enterprise crew. You'll stay alive only as long as you stay here. None of us will ever leave this planet. So, uh, Captain Tracy here is played by Morgan Woodward, who was also in the <laughs> the first uh, season of Star Trek, which is, it's a little weird, you know, in a way when they do that. You know, it's like, are there no other actors around? I always thought this was a little odd to me. But um, the uh, the episode, uh, Morgan Woodward, who was a, was a great character actor at the time, uh, the guy's still alive. He's like 90 years old now, literally 90, I think, uh, 91. And uh, he played uh, Simon Van Gelder uh, in the original, uh, the first season, original series, first season episode, Dagger of the Mind. And then he plays Captain uh, Ron Tracy here. Both kind of fanatical, crazy kind of guys. So, uh so it's it it makes sense I guess in in a bit uh, but uh, I think he works okay and it, it plays uh, you know pretty good for these roles that he does you know as far as um, they're they're different characters and I don't think it really matters that much that they're the same actor playing them uh, if for some reason that turned out I was looking in uh, Mark Cushman's season two TOS book to figure out if there was a reason like they they you know sometimes they've had to hire guys or get actors when something's like fallen through at the last minute. Like maybe they had somebody else picked out for, uh, for the, uh, Captain Ron Tracy thing here in this episode, uh, the Omega glory. Maybe there was another actor picked, but I, I didn't see any reference to that, that there was any other, um, any other actor picked actually, uh, Morgan Woodward, his full name is Thomas Morgan Woodward. Uh, and he's, he's done a ton of stuff in television. He's retired now, of course, but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, he does a good job as Captain Tracy. Uh, you know, Captain Tracy is, is the sole survivor of his, uh, of his crew. He's, he's like, um, you know, other, <laughs> these, these captains seem to survive crews being wiped out, but the, you know, the crews get wiped out and the captains, I thought I was always supposed to be the captain goes down with his ship, but, um, anyway, um, let us see. So I guess we'll play another clip here. So Tracy, he's he's down there. You know, the Kirk and, and Spock and McCoy especially really are suspicious of him a little bit. He's waving his phaser around. Uh, he seems to have kind of made himself at home, almost made himself as a, as a leader to some of these people uh, that he's dealing with. So, uh, you know, the Coombs. And uh, anyway, he... Um, he he he's obviously they learn pretty quickly he's violating the prime directive just left and right i mean he he has not tried to to maintain a an air of secrecy about himself and he is um you know he's just straight out there blasting people with his phaser all over the place one of the cool things i love about this episode and i love the original series of as everyone knows but the uniform here, you know, the the original uh, idea in TOS was each starship had their own insignia. You know, later on in the movies and other shows, they all went to the sort of Delta Shield kind of, you know, A-shaped uh, insignia on the uniforms. But here, uh, for the Exeter, uh, for Captain Tracy and the other uniforms they, they find lying about. Oh, I, I should mention that in a second, too, about what they saw in the Exeter when they were there how everyone's basically lost all their water and are just a pile of chemicals. There's a little actually error in the, in that scene where they describe how much water the human body holds. I think McCoy says it's something like 96 uh, or percent or something where 96% water. And it's not, not that high. We're like about 65, 70, somewhere in there, I think. Uh, but not 96 or <laughs> whatever. Um, but um, but they all have these different insignias because they're the Exeter crew has a different insignia on their uniform. It's kind of a long rectangle shape thing, uh, which is cool. Uh, and you saw the same thing uh, in the Doomsday Machine, and you know, in any other show that they've shown different starships, they've all had different insignias in TOS. Yeah, I was kind of a, a trend. I wish they had continued in other Trek. You know that they they got away from using one one insignia for everyone. 
or or you know be be neat if they would expand on that maybe maybe if we get a um, anthology series like they're talking about for the 2017 truck series and they they go back to the time of maybe just a little past tos maybe we'll see that again who knows um but um okay so back to tracy or captain ronald tracy uh he uh, he shows up, and then the next time we or the next clip that I've got for you, he kind of takes over and he pops in, and, and Galloway has gotten hurt, the redshirt's gotten hurt, and and Tracy kills him, basically just vaporizes him with his phaser, and he he's he's pretty crazy looking, and uh, I'll I'll play uh, this next uh, next clip for you with uh, crazy crazy Tracy. Enterprise, come in. Enterprise Bridge, Lieutenant Uhura. Captain Tracy of the Exeter. Yes, sir. Captain Kirk informed us earlier you had survived. I'm afraid I have some bad news for you. Your captain and landing party must have beamed down too late for full immunization. They've been found unconscious, but I'm doing everything I can for them now. Sir, this is Lieutenant Sulu in temporary command of the Enterprise. Our whole medical staff will volunteer to beam down. There's no point in risking more lives, Lieutenant, since I've acquired some immunity. Perhaps the others... Sulu! But their next word... Kill him. Repeat your message. Come in, landing party. Repeat your message. I'm sorry, Lieutenant. Your captain's feverish, quite delirious. I understand, sir. When he regains consciousness, assure him that we have no problems here. I'll contact you later, let you know of any future needs. Binding party out. Yeah, so there you go with uh, crazy Captain Tracy. And Spock gets hurt there a little bit too, but he, and they kind of brush that off. McCoy says something like, he needs proper medical attention and, uh, and, and he never really get, gets it for a while. Uh, you know, he gets blasted by the phaser. Um, when, when Tracy, he zaps a piece of equipment, they're trying to signal the enterprise with, um, so, so Tracy and, 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 uh, Kirk kind of square off a little bit. There's a little bit of a fight. A couple things happen. There's a scene where, uh, where Kirk, uh, you know, is, is being told by Tracy to have some phasers sent down uh, with extra power packs. First time, actually, uh, phasers and power packs are mentioned separately like this, uh, that Tracy, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to, um, he's trying to get a bunch more weapons to basically uh, fight the Yangs. So, so Tracy's trying to get this, uh, Kirk to have him, you know, the Enterprise beam this stuff down, but he won't do it. So eventually, uh, Kirk gets tossed in a jail cell with the leader of the Yangs, uh, Cloud William. He is, um, he's kind of a chief of, of those people and, and he's played by, uh, what's this guy's name again? I forget. Uh, let me look real quick. Roy Jensen, another actor that was, uh, he played a lot of bad guys on, on television shows back in that era, uh, a big guy. And, uh, both he and Morgan Woodward are both pretty big guys. And Kirk has to fight both of them in this episode at different times, but Kirk is thrown in that cell and he's fighting a little bit with that guy. And eventually they stop and Kirk uh, starts talking to Spock, who's in another cell nearby. And uh, Kirk mentions this word freedom. And it kind of perks up uh, Claude Williams, his ears. And he's like, freedom? Why do you speak this holy word freedom? And it's uh, it's good. And, you know, it's a part of the, uh, it's a part of the, the pitch of this episode is, is the, the idea of freedom and people being free and, and uh, how we lead to the end of this episode with the, uh, you know, the, the holy words being spoken by Kirk and all. Again, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, so let me play this clip for you with, with uh, Cloud William uh, talking to Kirk and saying, Kirk, do not speak the holy words. Keep working on the window if we're ever going to regain our freedom. 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 Spock. Yes, I heard, Captain. That is a worship word. Yang worship. 
You will not speak it. Well, well, well. It is our worship word, too. Live with the Combs. Am I not now a prisoner of the Combs, as you are? Right, so uh, so that that happens, and then uh, a little bit more time goes by, and they're you know McCoy's been doing some investigating of this disease that they all got, or this this bug from the planet, uh, or well, they got they got it actually from the the, the Exeter ship, and it turns out what what McCoy learns, he learns a couple of things. First, one of the one of the part of the the themes of this episode is this sort of fountain of youth idea of or, or, immort. E- immortality not emor immortality and that that the uh the people on the planet live like hundreds of years and and tracy thinks there's some kind of something special about the planet uh maybe that something in the air the water the food or whatever it is but it's making people live longer and mccoy learns that that's not true McCoy learns it's basically just like evolution or genetics at play here and that the people of the planet have just slowly evolved to that point to uh, to be able to live much longer lives than, than humans do. And there's nothing, there's no way for human, you know, the people that visit there, like Tracy's down there and Kirk and the rest of them, they, they can't like get that ability. You know, it's not something they're capable of. Um, the, um, the other thing that McCoy also learns, the bigger probably thing that he learns in a way is that this, um, this thing that, that killed the Exeter's crew, whatever they bug they brought up from the planet, uh, being, staying down on the planet for a period of time, a few days or whatever, it's made them immune to that illness or that, that whatever it is that turns everyone and sucks all their water out <laughs> and turns you into a pile of chemicals. Uh, so basically after you're on the planet for a few days, you're naturally immune to that problem and, and they could all go back up to the enterprise or leave the planet. And, and Tracy's been there for a long time and, and you know, he didn't, he never knew this cause there's, he, he's not a doctor or he had no way to study this. So, uh, so things sort of get solved there and it gets, you know, Tracy is being, you know, is told here in this next clip that there is no immortality and, and, you know, you can leave and, and, you know, and he, he doesn't seem to really like that. He'd rather just stay there and fight. So, um, listen to this, uh, when the tribes, gangs must be warned. They sacrificed hundreds just to draw us out in the open. And then they came and they came. Drained four of our phasers and they still came. We killed thousands and they still came. He'll live, but I'll have to get him to better facilities than this. Impossible! You can't carry the disease up to the ship with you. He's fully immunized now. We all are. We can beam up at any time. Any of us. You've isolated the serum. There's no serum! There's no miracles! There's no immortality here! All this is for nothing! Explain it to him, Doctor. Leave medicine to medical men, Captain. You found no fountain of youth here. People live longer here now because it's natural for them to. Outside. Or I'll burn down both your friends now. Do what you can for him, Doctor. All right, so there you have that. Um, and then the story moves along. Eventually, though, Tracy and then Landing Party get captured. Um, the Yang prisoner, Cloud William, they get taken to the to their little, you know, place. Let's just call it uh, where they have. They bring in a cloud. Or Cloud William has a. Um, he badly mangles the Pledge of Allegiance uh, to the to the flag. The uh, they bring in a U.S. flag uh, again. A 
pretty big parallel on this planet uh, to the United States and, and Earth. So, uh, you know, there, it's pretty, it's a little, you know, far-fetched. I mean, they could have made the flag look a little different, you know, rather than a real U.S. flag. Would have probably been one little thing they could have done maybe to make it not look, you know, so flat out uh, whatever. But, uh, I mean, there's a point being point going on here. Uh, there's a next clip that I'm going to play for you is, is that um, Captain Tracy tries to make a point out of saying Spock is like the devil, and, you know, they point to his appearance and there's this weird little painting in one of their holy books about Spock. And, and Tracy mentions the guy, you know, that Spock has no heart. And, well, here's the, here's the clip. But, you know, it's he's praying or playing on the fact that, that Spock is a Vulcan and looks different and that he's, he's playing on the superstitions of the Yangs and that they'll, uh, they'll think that Kirk is like a bad guy or the devil. Uh, in disguise uh, with with Spock there by his side. So listen to this clip. You tried to kill me. We're not gods. We're not evil ones. We're men like yourselves. Would a man know your holy words? Would a man use them to trick you? See his servant. His face. His eyes. His ears. Do the Yang legends describe the servant of the evil one? Which of you is good and which of you is evil? You command him, everyone's seen that. You want more proof? He has no heart. His heart is different. Internal organs of a Vulcan are same. So, um, eventually they, they're, um, Tracy, Captain Tracy, and Kirk are forced to um, to fight uh, because the uh, you know good will always triumph over evil, and uh, I think that's what Cloud Williams says. And, and McCoy makes a comment that I like is that uh, <laughs> evil does you know you, uh, wins a lot of time unless unless good is very very careful. So Kirk and and, uh, and Tracy are forced to to battle out and. Of course, Tracy is kind of uh, he, he kind of fights dirty, and it eventually gets Kirk in a bad couple of bad places. And Spock, uh, at one point in this, uh, he uses a little telepathy to help uh, this um, this mate of uh, Cloud Williams, Sira is her name, to uh, contact the Enterprise, uh, open up one of the communicators that is sitting there, and just opens up the channel, and and Sulu and a landing team beam down and kind of break up the fight. And at this point, uh, this leads to the sort of end of this episode, which uh, Kirk, uh, they have these holy, they call them holy writings and holy words. And uh, what it is, it's basically a copy of the Constitution of the United States that starts out, we the people. And and, and I think one of the greatest things to me, especially if, as somebody who lives in the U.S., and yeah, it's a little U.S.-centric to a degree, but it, that's not, one of the problems that I think about this episode is that that's not really the point here. Uh, I, I think the point this episode is trying to, to make is, is that, uh, you know, freedom for all people of, of this planet. And I think that's a good thing. And it's not just restricted really to the United States, but they use these, you know, things from the U.S., the flag and the Constitution to to bring it home, I guess. Uh, a little heavy handed, perhaps, but I like the message. And, and, and Shatner really, I think, you know, people always say things about the way Shatner gives a performance or that he kind of hams it up and, and the way he, you know, even his speech patterns and all. But if anything, this guy is completely suited to reciting the Constitution of the United States. I, I mean, I would just listen to that because this is a pretty great speech that he gives here using using the Constitution and making a point and the music and everything. is It's a really great scene and a great 
part of the episode. So this clip is a little long. It's uh, two or three minutes long, and this kind of ends the episode. But I think it's important, and it's and it's really the crux of the whole story that that Kirk's trying to fix what Tracy's kind of messed up here in a way. And also, yeah, he's twisting the prime directive a little bit, and he's trying to bring the the Combs and the and the Yangs together, and and saying that these words uh, about freedom and and the people and, and people coming together and working together are, are meant for everyone, not just for the Yangs, for example. So uh, it's a good it's a good theme and a good idea, and, and it's well done, and, uh, and I like it at least. So here is the last uh, clip from the Omega Glory, and Shatner at his, uh, at his you know, giving a, a great rendition of, <laughs> of the Constitution or the start of the Constitution and making a, a good point to the, to the uh, people there. No, no. Only the eyes of a chief may see the e plebnista. This was not written for chiefs. Hear me. Hear this! Among my people, we carry many such words as this from many lands, many worlds. Many are equally good and are as well respected. But wherever we have gone, no words have said this thing of importance in quite this way. Look at these three words written larger than the rest with a special pride never written before or since. Tall words proudly saying, we the people. That what you call Eid Plebnista was not written for the chiefs or the kings or the warriors or the rich or the powerful, but for all the people. Down the centuries, you have slurred the meaning out of the words, we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity ordain and establish this constitution these words and the words that follow were not written only for the yangs but for the comms as well the comms they must apply to everyone or they mean nothing do you understand i do not fully understand one named kirk but the holy words will be obeyed I swear it. No question about his guilt, Captain. But does our involvement here also constitute a violation of the Prime Directive? We merely showed them the meaning of what they were fighting for. Liberty and freedom have to be more than just words. Gentlemen, the fighting is over here. I suggest we leave them to discover their history and their liberty. Yeah, that's it's really really well done at the end of this episode. And uh, again, this is not not necessarily maybe Star Trek's finest, but I, I think this this episode sometimes gets a bad rap. As a kid growing up watching these reruns over and over uh, again, I will admit and say that the the Omega Glory is not one episode that I I like. Uh, you know, that would have been one I could easily miss if it was on for the twentieth millionth time. Uh, but but now as as I'm a little older, just a little older, uh, <laughs> I can appreciate it more. I can appreciate what it's trying to do. You know, Roddenberry was a was a very patriotic kind of guy. He ser- served in the military. He was a cop. He was an airline pilot. Uh, and and it, you know this 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 
the idea of the United States and, and what that, you know, freedom uh, that we try to have here, I guess you could say, is, you know, was very important to him. And, and, and you know, did they overuse this idea of very parallel Earths out there? Yeah, probably. Uh, but uh, but I, I think it's an interesting episode, and, and I think it deserves a little more attention, a little more maybe accolades than it gets. He actually, uh, Roddenberry submitted this episode for, I think, an Emmy Award uh, or the story for it or something like that is what I read here a little while ago But while I was prepping for this podcast. And again, I think there's some great stuff going on. I think it's it's there's some great action, some some good fights. Uh, Morgan Woodward, I know that last fight with Kirk and and uh, William Shatner, and Morgan Woodward fighting. Uh, Morgan Woodward did all of his own stunt work there. Actually, William Shatner used a used a double for some of his scenes. Although he he's pretty good. I mean, most of the episodes, it's pretty easy to tell when they slip in a double. I've noticed. I think even with the enhanced uh, HD versions of TOS. It's even more easy to, to spot a double for Kirk than it used to be, uh, but uh, but he does a lot of his own stunts, and you know you do that flying Kirk Kirk kick too many times, and that gets you know wears out your body a little, so you got to be careful. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, this story of the Yangs and the Coombs and uh, uh, or uh, the Yankees and, and the communists uh, is is again I, I think a, a cool idea. I, I love that last speech by Kirk. I, I could I could listen to that all day, like I said. Uh, but um, yeah, so the Omega Glory from season two of TOS. Hope you enjoyed that little brief look at it. And uh, again, I, I highly recommend the Mark Cushman TOS. These are the Voyages books. If you want to read more up on any TOS episode, those are fantastic. Uh, you can order them online. I think they're all on Amazon for one for each season. Uh, along with there's a picture only book out too as well now which i didn't i didn't pick that up yet i gotta do that so uh all right i'm gonna take a short break and i will come back in a few moments talk about a couple other things some recent actually other books i've been reading or listening to and a little bit more talk to you again soon this is robert picardo the holographic doctor from star trek voyager saying hello to all the listeners of treks in sci-fi Okay, a few things uh, that I wanted to talk about here towards the end of the podcast. I got to get out the work out the upcoming schedule for the show for June. I can tell you a few things. Uh, one, next week, a week from now, I will do a podcast. I think next weekend because in two weeks, uh, my older son Stephen is getting married. In two weekends, only two weeks away. Wow. <laughs> so I'm going to skip that week completely. No guest spot, no me, no nothing. So. Uh, and then I think I'll come back after that a week later and do another show, and then we'll uh, we'll do a guest spot after that and so forth. I'm not getting as many people uh, for guest podcasts, so if you have an inkling and you want to do a guest spot, uh, it's very easy. Uh, just let me know what kind of subject, what, what you'd like to talk about. It doesn't have to be anything fancy, uh, and I, I'd love to get more people talking about books and music and things like that, other related to geeky topics or geek uh, subjects. Uh, related, you know, beyond Trek, Star Wars, and what I talk about a lot. And you can always email me, treksf at gmail.com, and let me know about that kind of thing. And let me know what uh, you might be wanting to do a guest spot on. We may eventually go to just me doing a show every other week, period, with, with skip weeks, with nothing, you know, just two shows a month or something. But I am going to be expanding uh, when I get the set finished completely to doing a my idea is to do a short video show a couple of times a week uh, as a sort of a supplement to Treks in Sci-Fi. I have a couple of uh, URL ideas that I've been uh, playing around with, and, and, and but it's going to be very short, two or three minutes long, maybe about three. I, I don't know if I can do a two-minute show. Uh, maybe four minutes. Probably, let's just say this, under five minutes a couple of times a week to talk about a, a geeky topic. Uh, but I'll, I'll talk more about that in the future. I'm shooting for maybe midsummer to get that rolling. Well, once I have the set finished, um, what else do we want to talk about? Oh, I want to mention a book here. I, I've just started. Uh, I don't do audio books that much. I haven't really. Uh, I find reading. You know, I'd rather read a book than than listen to the to the spoken whatever. 
I, but I've done some in recent months. I've listened to a few books, and, and I'm starting to get to like it a bit more. I do have a very long drive to work each day and back, so it's uh, and I've tried audiobooks in the car before, and I, and I found them a little distracting. But I, I've I think it's my current drive seems to be I'm able to do it. I guess I'm re reading, listening. I should say listening to an audiobook now called Steelheart by Brandon Sanderson, uh, which is sort of a a comic book tale about a bunch of people with powers and and people going bad with the powers and I don't want to say too much but it's really good very very uh it's like a page turner or an audio listening turner whatever that means or I want to keep listening actually I haven't listened to it in a couple of days anymore since I've I've been at home this long weekend uh but I, I just wanted to mention Steelheart by uh, Brandon Sanderson it's the first of a trilogy I think uh, and it's comic book sort of based with people with superpowers. So, uh, but a very, very good book so far. And I, I highly recommend it, even though I haven't finished it. I don't know, maybe I'm about halfway through something like that. Um, I've done some other ones. I, I listened to that Star Wars book, Lost Stars. Uh, I liked it, uh, although I thought it went on a little long. I thought it was a little lengthy, more than I thought it should be. Um, but, uh, but a good book and well done. So what else do we want to talk about? Uh, a little bit about comics. Uh, the the last uh, uh, Wednesday was the start of the DC comic book rebirth launch. You know, DC and Marvel constantly kind of re restart their comics. DC is going through a big rebirth now. I got the comic the other day, but I didn't read it yet, uh, mostly because at the beginning of it, it says you're supposed to read uh, a, a recent Justice League book and a recent Superman book. Although the weird thing about the Superman book is, I don't think it was it was out yet. I think it comes out either this week or maybe it came out. Maybe it's not out. I don't know. I've got to find out. I got to look on Comicsology or something like that. But the first page starts off with this DC Rebirth. It's like make sure you've read Justice League. I did read Justice League because I get that one. Um, and then the last Superman book before you read Rebirth. And, I, and I'm sure I could probably get by without doing that. But I I, I kind of wanted to read both of those first. To, before I read the Rebirth one, um, so so comics are um, you know they have this uh, this idea every four or five years they got to restart everything, and Marvel's doing a Civil War two book right now, of course because they just did a Civil War movie, so they're doing and I read the first or zero issue of that one, which was pretty good I thought, but uh, all right I think that should do it for now for this week, uh, and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Thanks so much. Uh, you can always, again, check out uh, my music video stuff. I put some stuff up for Motor City Comic Con over on vimeo.com forward slash uh, Trekkie. And also, oh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I, I'm trying to post a little bit more on Instagram lately. Uh, search for uh, on Instagram, I am Rico, R-I-C-O underscore D. Yeah, it's a little, it's not Trekkie or it's not Treks and Sci-Fi. It's just... It's just sort of my name, although my name is, of course, Rick, but uh, I use Rico for the show. Anyway, R-I-C-O underscore D on Instagram if you want to follow me there. I'm trying to post a little bit more on that lately, uh, especially related to this project stuff I'm doing for the, the set and things. Okay, uh, I hope everyone, for those in the U.S., are enjoying your long, pretty warm, uh, for most people, uh, Memorial Day weekend. We've been in like the upper 80s, mid-80s. This weekend, uh, it's pretty warm for Michigan this early in the summer. We, we have a lot of hot, uh, Memorial Day weekends that are only like 60 degrees and rainy. Uh, so uh, I, I'm, I'm sure most of the country, I think, is pretty warm. But uh, it is summer or almost summer, I should say. So um, again, uh, I'll do another show next week. I'm not sure what subject yet, but I'll come up with something, I'm sure. And then in two weeks, there'll be no show because of the, the wedding uh, for my son. And then I'll be back uh, a week after that with some stuff. But you can always check out the schedule. It's over at the treksandsci-fi.com forum. And uh, I should probably try to make a point of posting that schedule, upcoming schedule on the Facebook group as well. Maybe get people to start sending in more comments like the old days about things before. Uh, and you guys are always welcome to send things post uh, show, you know, send me your thoughts on X-Men Apocalypse or or this episode on the Omega Glory or whatever. You can always email comments, uh, audio or even written ones to treksf at gmail.com. So without any further ado, I'm out of here going to try to uh, cook some hamburgers on the grill tonight for Memorial Day, which seems appropriate. And uh, so off I go. And thanks for listening. As always, bye bye. 
This has been a Wego Dusty Podcast production.